morning, Life Point Church. Thank you all so much for being here, and for those joining online, thank you for hanging out with us today. Uh, before we get started, um, I just actually just just a second ago felt led like I need to give and I want to give a shout out to our worship team and our tech team um, over here. So give it up for them. Um, they. They are here super early every Sunday. They, they do a lot of work throughout the week for this, um, to have the live stream going. We've had to learn a whole lot in a year, year's time, and um, Will has done a great job with that, and, and Tyler does a great job uh, making sure, trying to follow all of my ADHD preaching and notes up on the screen here. So shout out to them. Thank you all for what you do, and the worship team as well. So um, how many of you all... Um, when you woke up on Wednesday morning, had to choose your words very carefully when you saw that there was like a blanket of snow on the ground in spring. Anybody? Other than me? Like, here's the deal. Like, I love snow. I'm all about it. But I'm all about it in the winter. Um, I'm ready for spring. I'm ready for 70s. I'm ready for it to be nice. So I had to choose my words very carefully on Wednesday. Um, but today, seriously, it's, it's the third and final week of this series, Choose Your Words, where we're focusing in on the importance of the words that we speak. Because here in 2021, as followers of Jesus, man, I think now more than ever, the words that we choose are so important. They're critical, and we have to choose them very wisely, very carefully, and it's because our words matter. Our words are so incredibly powerful. So powerful that, as I've said each week, um, neuroscientists have actually found that words have the ability to actually change the brain. And I know I keep saying that each week, but it's just still so mind-blowing to me that our brains are that powerful. A positive word, right, can increase your cognitive functioning and your motivation. That's what a positive word spoken can do. But equally, a negative word or an angry word spoken has the ability to interrupt the brain functioning. It can actually partially shut down the logic and reasoning centers of the brain. And again, don't know about you, but I really need those. <laughs> I need some good reasoning skills, right? So our words matter. They are incredibly powerful. But this isn't anything new, right? This is science proving what we already knew from Scripture. Because Scripture tells us over and over and over again that your words matter, that your tongue is powerful, the things you say are critical. In fact, uh, Solomon, probably, again, one of the wisest dudes ever, said it like this in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, which is our key verse for this whole series. He said, very simply, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue, your words, have the power of life and death. Basically letting you know that you can choose to speak life, or you can choose to speak death. Your words are powerful. And so far in this series, in the first week, we talked about how you speak to other people matter, right? The way you talk to other people, again, especially as a Christ follower, 
what you say to and about other people matter. Last week, we talked about the fact that how you speak to yourself matters, right? That we have to have good, life-giving self-talk. We need to view ourselves the way that God views us. We need to say the things about us that God says about us, right? That, that I'm loved, that I'm victorious, that I'm healed, that I'm never alone, and that I'm wonderfully made. Those are the things that Scripture says about us, and those are the things that we need to speak over ourselves because words matter. And if you missed either one of those messages, you can always go back, check it out online on our podcast, on our website, or on Facebook, or on YouTube. It's there. Pop. There you go. You can get it. So, uh, but today, we're going to, as we wrap up this series, we're going to kind of shift gears a little bit. We, we've been focusing in on, like, the actual words that we say, right? How we talk to others, how we talk to ourselves, what we say to and about others and ourselves. That's where we focus. But today, I want to spend some time discussing prayer. I want to discuss how we speak to God. And not necessarily the words that we articulate and say, but how we approach him. How we enter into a spirit of prayer. That's what I want to talk about today because um, as I've said many times in the past when I talk about prayer, because a lot of times people get hung up on prayer. So I just want to hit this real quick, um, that, that prayer in of itself is not complicated. It's not something to be afraid of. I say it all the time, prayer is simply just talking to God. It's speaking to him. It's listening to him. A.B. Simpson, the, the founder of the Christian and Missionary Alliance, said that prayer is the link that connects us with God. So if prayer connects us with God, and prayer is simply talking to God, then I think it's pretty safe to say that not only do what we say about others matter, not only does how we speak to ourselves matter, but I think we can say that how you speak to God matters. And again, I'm not necessarily talking about the words, but more of the approach, like how we enter into this conversation. Because as flawed humans, right, as, as flawed beings who are saved by grace through faith in Jesus, man, we have direct access to God. Direct access to the creator of all things. So again, flawed people, we've got to be very careful with how we approach him. Not in a shame way, not in a fear-based way, but we just have to pay attention because the way you speak to God matters. And we're going to get more into some of the details scripturally of what that looks like and how we are to speak to God here in a minute. But before that, again, I want to, I want to share a little bit more about prayer itself and what that looks like currently unfortunately, in, in the church and in Christianity. Because if you're a Christian, the reality is, if you're a true Christ follower, prayer is a must. Like, I think that's what we could all agree on. Like, prayer is a must. If you're going to have a, a solid, healthy relationship with anyone, you've got to talk to them. You've got to spend time with them. And it's no different with God. So prayer is a must. There's, there's no thriving relationship that exists outside of that, period. So for the Christ follower, once again, prayer is a must. We can think of it as an expectation, right? And Jesus even spoke directly about this in one of his most famous sermons, known as the Sermon on the Mount. He speaks to this very truth. 
in three different verses, he starts them out with the same three words. And we're just going to look at these three words. We're not going to read all the verses of it right now, but it's in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5, 6, and 7. They all start with these three words, when you pray. This is what Jesus was teaching, right? He was preaching to the people that had gathered there. And he said, when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray. He's implying that this is truly an expectation for all those who follow him. We are to pray. Um, we see in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul reminds the believers in Thessalonica that they needed to pray continuously, right? Or pray without ceasing. We've probably all heard that. You've probably memorized that one and be like, I got Bible memorized right there. Pray without ceasing, ceasing along with uh, Jesus wept. Y'all got those down, right? Those are the easy verses. But we see in Scripture that prayer for the believer is an expectation. But see, many times this is where things kind of tend to go sideways. Again, because we're flawed. We're not perfect. And what we love to do for whatever reason as humans and as, as Christ followers, we love to take scriptural expectations and we love to convert them and turn them into religious obligations. And then so what happens is then we lose the, intentional, the original intended purpose of that expectation because it's converted into a religious obligation. So what that means is when it comes to prayer is that many people, unfortunately, will enter into prayer as an act of an obligation. They don't do it for its intended purpose. They don't do it to connect with God. They don't do it to grow closer to him. They do it to check it off their good Christian box because it's what they're supposed to do. It becomes an obligation. And as a result, this is why so many people, when, when they think about prayer, you talk to them about prayer, they're just like, well, you know what? I, I just, I don't have time to pray. Or I've tried it. It just didn't work for me. Prayer doesn't work. Prayer, prayer uh, I just always forget to do it. I intend to do it. It's on my to-do list. I just, I, just, I just don't have time and I forget. Or, or, man, I tried to pray. I just didn't feel connected with God. So it just, eh, it's just not my thing. Typically, the people that experience that is because they are approaching prayer from a religious obligation as opposed to this beautiful expectation that we have. The expectation that drives us in our communication with God, that allows us to connect and grow more and more and more to him. We see it as an obligation as opposed to the privilege that it is. But you see, once you truly understand prayer and you really begin to connect with God, that's when you see and understand that it's not something that you have to do, but rather it's something that you get to do. Right? It's, it's a perspective change. Basically, that we learn that prayer is not an obligation, but it's a privilege. See, growing up, I did not view it as a privilege. I viewed it as an obligation because that's what was force-fed to me. And it's a shame. It's taken a long time to shed that off. But it's a privilege. It's not an obligation. Yes, it is an expectation. For those that are truly connected with, with to Jesus, it is an expectation. But you see, when you know the Father, when you come to that beautiful relationship with him, it leads to you wanting to know more and more and more about him. 
And then you understand that I have direct access to God. So then you long to pray. It truly becomes a privilege at that point. So yes, prayer is an expectation, but it is a beautiful, beautiful privilege. Prayer is probably one of the greatest assets that we have as a believer. Prayer is one of the greatest weapons that we have to fight off the attacks of the enemy. Prayer is one of the greatest comforts that we have during times of distress and trouble. Prayer is beautiful. And it's such an incredible privilege that we have. So in knowing that, I have to say and understand that how we speak to God really matters. And if how you speak to God matters, then we all should want to know exactly how we are to speak to him, right? I mean, that should be where we go to. Like, okay, what do I need to do to best connect with him? So for the rest of our time today, what I want to do is I want us to jump into scripture and we are going to check out a few very simple yet very important truths as it relates to how we are to speak to God. Again, this is our approach in coming to him, not necessarily the words that we say, but the approach in speaking to him. And before I get into these things, I want to make it as crystal clear as I can. Prayer is talking with God, okay? It's not complicated. Even though we're going to look at some things, these things are not complicated. So don't overcomplicate it and just allow this to boost your prayer life and take it to the next level so that you begin to move past this religious obligation into this beautiful privilege that we have of connecting one-on-one with God, the creator, right? So how are we to speak to God? The first thing that I want to show you is that when you speak to God, you are to speak to him with humility, right? Speak to him with humility. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, the, the Lord appears to Solomon, right? He appears to him at night, and he says this to him. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins, and will heal their lands. He said from the very beginning, right at it, if they will humble themselves. When we approach God in prayer, in the privilege of prayer, we have to do so with humility, understanding that without him, you and I, nothing. Without him, we have no right to come before him. We don't have a right to even speak his name, let alone speak directly to him and have a conversation and make requests of him and to worship him face to face. We don't have that right without him. But because of Jesus, we do. We can. But we have to come to him from that place of humility, understanding that. Understanding that, that we're, we're not it, right? We are nothing, absolutely nothing without him, that it is a privilege to get to speak to him and to connect with him and have that type of intimate relationship with him. We have to humble ourselves before him, knowing that we're not worthy. And when we can come to him in that way, we're coming already with just a great start. Letting go of ourselves and approaching him in humility. It's a struggle for me from time to time, to be honest. I, I am, um, well, I guess I'll just say, I'm, at times I can be very arrogant. 
<laughs> most people would agree that know me really, really well. And um, I'm aware of it. I own it. And I'm trying to work through that. But, but in that, I like to think that I can do everything. Right? If I have something that's in front of me, it's a challenge, or something that even that I know God is leading me to do, I just want to take off and run with it and just get it done in my abilities, in my skill set, and in, in, in all those areas. But I have to step back and realize, and without God, I'm nothing. I have to approach him with humility and say, God, you've asked me to do these things. And honestly, without you, I can't do it. Without you, I don't want to do it. Without you, I don't have any right to do it. I have no right to be up here speaking to you. Other than that's just what God has called me to do. And I understand that, so I have to humble myself and approach him in that way. In all things, but especially prayer. So when you pray, when you speak to God, you have to do so first and foremost with humility. However, at the same time, the second thing that we see according to scripture is that you also have to speak to God with confidence. You speak to him with confidence. And at first, this seems maybe like a contradiction, right? That it's saying like, okay, we got to speak to him with humility, but also with confidence. But it's, it's not. Check out Hebrews chapter 4, starting in verse 15, tells us this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable, high priest being Jesus, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. And check this out. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You see, when you speak to God, when you approach his throne of grace, you can actually do so with confidence. Not in the confidence in yourself and what you can do, but rather in the confidence that we have in the finished and completed work of Jesus. That's where our confidence is. Again, not in ourselves at all. Not the confidence that of, of who you are or what you're capable of, but the confidence, as I said before, as whose you are. You are his if you are connected with him. So you have confident in, confidence in whose you are and what he can, will, and is doing in your life. That's the confidence that we approach him with. Because of him, we can come before him and truly make requests. We can confess our sin. Right? We can petition him on behalf of other people, make requests for other people, worship him. We can do all these things with confidence because of Jesus. So when we approach him, when we speak to him, we can do so with confidence. Another thing that I want you to see is that you are to speak to God with focus. I want to speak to God through prayer with focus. Going back to the Sermon on the Mount that we just talked about, uh, when it, again, one of Jesus' most famous sermons, he tells the people, that, the people this, found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. He says, and when you pray, there that expectation is again, right? When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Growing up in a very conservative church, 
that had long, long prayer meetings. I love this verse. <laughs> like, I want to stand up and, like, recite this verse to people back in the day, but that would not have been good. And, and yeah, it wouldn't have been good. But it says, and Jesus said, and when you pray, don't keep babbling on. Basically, when you speak to God, be focused. Or as I'd like to say, just get to the point. Right? Just get to the point. When you pray, you don't have to use big, fancy words. You don't have to speak in Old English. You know, the these and the thouists and all that kind of stuff. You don't have to do that. Right? We can get to the point. You don't have to explain everything. We can just speak directly to God. Again, say what you need to say. Worship him. Praise him. That doesn't mean you have to speed through it, but just be focused. Right? Worship him. Praise him for what he's done in your life. Make requests of him. Pray on behalf of other people, right? Confess your sin. Don't try to explain it. Don't try to explain it away and justify it. Just confess it. Own it. Get to the point. Be focused in your conversations with God. When you speak to him, don't go on and on and on thinking that the longer I pray, that the more he'll hear me. The longer I pray, the prouder he's going to be of me. The longer I pray, the more he's going to love me. Because that mindset comes from the performance mentality that is a religious obligation. Again, there is absolutely nothing wrong with praying for a very long time. If that's your jam, do it. But make sure what you're praying and when you're communicating and connecting with God that it's substance. Right? That it's focused and that it matters. Man, I can remember growing up and sitting in chapel services and, and school and, you know, pastors or the speakers telling me, like, challenging us, like, you need to read your Bible for 15 minutes every morning and pray for 15 minutes every morning. And again, man, my brain, like, I ADHD like crazy, like, that doesn't work for me. Like, if I've talked to, you know, if you all have been around for any length of time, you've heard me talk about prayer, man, I just, I try to pray, like, short prayers all throughout the day because that's what works. That's how I connect with God. And sometimes I spend more time, but honestly, I don't know that I've ever spent in a long, long time more longer than five or ten minutes in prayer. Like, that's a session for me right there. But I try to never go ten minutes without praying. Always praying. But I remember being told that, and so what I would do is I would get up in the morning and I would start praying, and I'd get like one or two minutes in, and I've got like literally, I'm not kidding you, like I have a stopwatch going. So that I hit my 15 minutes because that's what the pastor told me I'm supposed to do. And then so what I do is I pray like legit what I need to, you know, feel led to pray and connect with God and spend good time with him for like a minute or two. And then I'm like, my mind starts wondering. I start thinking of this. And then I apologize to God and confess not paying attention to him. Then I'm like throwing in some fluffer and filler and trying to, you know, trying to do all these different things just to fulfill my 15 minutes. And when it's done, I'm like, good work, Andy. I keep it moving. But man, that type of prayer, it's pointless. It's powerless. Don't keep babbling on and on and on thinking that it's going to make God hear you more. Be focused, intentional with your time with him. Spend focused time in prayer. That's how you're to speak to him, right? The fourth thing that we see from scripture is that when you speak to God, Kind of similarly, speak with pure motives. Speak to him with pure motives. Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13 
says this. The Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. Sounds like exactly what I just talked about, right? Never once did I hear that passage (laughs) growing up. And they worship me and they praise me with their mouths. They pray to me. They sing songs. But their hearts are far from me. They're following this man-made thing. When you speak to God, do so with pure motives. Praying because you want to connect with him. You want to build a relationship with him. You want to know more and more about him. You want to worship him. You want to seek him out for healing. To help you overcome whatever it is you're dealing with. You just want to spend time with him to be comforted. Just rest in his presence. Do it for those motives. Not to check a box. Because again, it's powerless. It's pointless. And it's not what he wants. He says, if that's the case, your hearts are far from me. It's a religious obligation. As opposed to viewing prayer as the beautiful privilege that it is. The final thing that we see in scripture that we're going to cover today, there's plenty, plenty more, but the last thing we're going to cover, oh, I'm sorry, we got one other one after that, I lied to you. I hate when I do that. Sorry. I know you're excited. You're like, last one, cool, let's go. No, we got one more. This one is rather unique, and it's one that we don't talk about a lot. But I think it's really, really powerful and it's really important. And it's that when we speak to God, you speak to him at times with groaning. Again, very unique, very different. But we can speak to him with groaning. How many of you have ever been in a place where you were so hurt, so broken, so afraid, or felt so helpless that you wanted to pray but you just didn't have the words and you just didn't know how or you just couldn't. Any of you all? Yeah, I mean, I've been there, like for real, straight up. I've been there. Check out Romans chapter 8, verse 26. It tells us this. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not, but the Spirit himself can't pray. Have no words. The Holy Spirit, once you're connected with Jesus, groans because I've had those times I know what to say now the final thing the final thing is that we and I love this and I will continue to preach this until my dying day speak to him with 100% 100% honesty filtered gut level truth I'm gonna go ahead and tell you let him know if you're just angry in general, tell them. Right? If you're hurting, tell them how bad it's hurting. Be raw. It's okay. Let them know. Name it. And tie it together. A relationship, you can be honest. And that's what God wants. He wants us to come to him with that level of honesty and relationship where we can say whatever to him. What we're feeling, too. 100% honesty. And we see a perfect example of the Exodus Chapter 5, I mean, he was frustrated. He was 100% honesty. 
I'm honest. And for real, like, he, he kind of freaks me out a little bit, but it's Moses. We're in believing that Jesus is the one and only Savior. Like, God, may we choose our words well. May we speak life, never death. Same thing for ourselves, Lord. May we speak truth over ourselves and life and not death. And in all that, Lord, may we begin to speak to you more and more with more authenticity and with more um, privilege and authority that we have only because of you. So may we come before you without ceasing, continually in prayer, Jesus. Lord, at this time, as Jared and the team leads, Lord, just bless this time of prayer and connection with you, both online and here at LifePoint. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you all so much for being here with us once again for LifePoint Online. If this is your first time here with us, thank you all so much for being here and hanging out with us and checking out LifePoint Church. If you'd like more information or if you have any questions, you can either drop a comment below or you can visit us on our website or any of our social media platforms. And if you have questions, just go ahead and ask and someone from our team will get back with you as soon as we possibly can. Also, if you want to continue to worship uh, with your tithes and your offerings, or if you just simply want to give to LifePoint Church, you can head over to our website. It's lpc502.com. In the top right-hand corner is an online giving button. If you click it, it takes you to a safe and secure place where you can give. You can also begin to text to give by texting the amount that you want to give to the number 84321. But however you choose to give, we're just so thankful and humbled by the fact that you're on mission and that you're giving back just a portion of what it is that God has blessed you with. Again, thank you all so much for being here with us today. We hope that you'll join us in connecting and doing life online throughout the week. And until next Sunday, we'll see you later. Have a great one.